Yo, I like the hat. Yeah, you like that? I like the hat. Well, don't get used to it. This is the only <laughs> time I am wearing a Santa hat for anything. But yes, tis a season, I guess. So I felt a little festive. I, I did one better too. Not only do I have the hat, I got the what's cracking nutcracker shirt. Oh, it's cracking. And I got the fucking holiday eggnog in the holiday mug, bro. Oh, shit. You got the eggnog. Yes, sir. It's a Christmas episode. You know, we got to do it right. Man, you damn right about that. (laughs) I see you're all black like it's a funeral. (laughs) You know, Holly Jolly. Black's my color, man. I'm always rocking black. Me too, man. It makes uh, everything look good. You're black right now. So (laughs) that's right. That's right. I only, I think black is like the biggest part of my entire wardrobe, man. I know what I look good in and. It damn sure ain't red, so that's why I'm like, this is a one-time thing. I look like I wear anything red. I instantly think I'm the Kool-Aid man, so it's just, I, I avoid it at all costs. This is the one time of year I wear it. Good <laughs> Lord. But yeah, still in the holiday spirit, feeling good. How about you, man? How's your week going? Man, Um, just, I, I want to ask you something. Mm-hmm. All right, so if someone, uh, if someone were to text you this uh, message. Oh, here we go think- again. <laughs> what would you think they meant? All right. Okay. Okay. So here it goes. I guess I grew out of that casual sex shit. And I only want to be involved with someone who's capable of providing me with the same energy and security I'm given. There's nothing personal against you. I've just been realizing some things about myself and I've been prioritizing my needs. Sure. What would you take out of that message? Oh, that's that's the first question. No, no, hold on. Answer that. That's the second question. <laughs> the first question, question is a okay. simple one. Okay. But yes. It's simply was that a clear message? Okay. <laughs> okay, that's hard to answer without the context, but at face value, I felt a clear message coming from it, at least in the short term. Again, without knowing any details, it yeah. seemed clear enough. And to answer your second question, what I took from that was somebody, clearly who you're speaking to, it almost feels like they think you're not ready for that kind of relationship when they are. And they made it clear, like, they, I wouldn't say necessarily a mature way of looking at it, even though it does sound like it, but it does feel like they are clearly stating to you that they're not about that old life anymore. They have grown. They are trying to make positive changes and settle down, possibly. I can't speak for long-term commitment, but at least in the short term, they're feeling more than just a casual sex kind of thing. So, like, that seemed clear to me as, like, a almost a directed message at you. But again, I don't have a lot of context, whether they're talking about you specifically or just dating in general. That's the part where I'm like, I don't right. know, but most of it seemed clear. Okay. That was me. Okay. Wait, you said that to somebody else? I said it to someone else. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. I, my, um, I was spot on then. <laughs> and, and she, okay, so I sent that earlier today around three. Good for you. And she texted me 20 minutes ago. Oh, fresh. All right. Yes, and she. I wasn't going to bring this up on the show today because we oh. got a packed show, ladies and gentlemen. Yes, we do. I just need my brothers. Like, I, I just need to get this shit off of me real quick because this go. shit is bugging me now, and it shouldn't be bugging me. It's just like, the fuck I got to do? You're but this lady texted me, and she said, so what did you mean by that message? What? Yeah. How could you be any clearer? Let me give you the backstory. Go ahead. <laughs> so um, I had someone over Sunday. Cool. Right? Had, had this lady over Sunday, the one I'm messaging. Yeah, yeah. And, um, you know, we're kicking it, chilling, taking some shots of uh, tequila and having a good time, right? Yeah. And um, obviously, start fooling around. And, um, this season. 
tis the season to be Dolly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> ho, ho, ho. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's going to be a lot of those tonight. I'm already sure. Uh, but, um, you know, we got to the point where, um, you know, Rudolph was going to lead the sleigh, right? Mm-hmm. Play them reindeer games. Yeah. And uh, I looked at her and I was just like, nah, I can't do this. Nah. Like, I'm good. All right. That's and, growth. And by this point, it's like fucking two in the morning, three in the morning. Oh, wow. You laid it that yeah. long to pull the plug, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Mm. And so uh, she was like, all right. You know what I'm saying? She was a little upset. Oh, okay. Yeah, not not going to lie. She was a little upset because she came over thinking she was going to get digged down. But it's it rare to hear it coming from the other side. Like usually right. it's the guy who's like with the blue balls at the end of the night. But you don't hear right. about it for the women very much. That's interesting. Right. Right. Um. Yeah, and uh, the reason why I did that was because of the message I just relayed, right? Like, sure, yeah. Um, sure. Was I thinking with my dick before then? Absolutely. Oh yeah. But I woke up and came to my senses. Like, I don't see a future with her. Sure. Um, she's not the type that I would cuff. So, where I'm at in life right now, I'm really just trying to focus on me, stack my bag, yeah. and um, you know what I'm saying? Like, prepare myself for whoever I'm meant to be with, right? Because Yo, we ain't getting no younger, man. Woo, who are you telling? We ain't Ooh. getting no younger. Helen. And um, I don't want to, like, talk big about myself, but let's just be real, all right? I've had my fair share of pussy in my life, all right? <laughs> I've had a decent amount. I'm not saying I, have, I got bodies on bodies on bodies, but I've had a good amount of pussy to tell the world and all the young gentlemen out there that pussy ain't the end-all, be-all. That nope. shit literally grows on trees nowadays, all right? <laughs> it really does. Certain countries. And I say that to say there's, and I'm pretty sure you can relate to me when I say this, Mm. like sex is so much better when there's a mental, spiritual, and physical connection with that person. Absolutely. Right? Because sex is literally a ritual of of bringing life into the world. I mean, yeah, that's the basis of it. Basically, yeah. Um, And I'm at the point where I I just want to share that with someone that I feel that connection towards, you know? Exactly. And I can't do that fucking around with hoes no more. I really can't do that shit no more. Mm. And maturity. Look at I, that. And I I just I'm I guess it's fucking with my head because it's like I don't know how much more clear I have to be. Right? <laughs> like, do I have to tell her like, I do not like you. I don't see a future with you. I don't want to stick my dick in you. Like, do I have to be that clear? Yeah, I mean, and again, you're asking a guy who's been out of the dating pool for a very fucking long time, but it's like yeah, the short answer is I feel like we have gotten to an age now in technology and society where, yeah, sometimes you have to be that blunt about it for some people. Now, most of the time, no. It's, I, again, from just no context and hearing the message, it was pretty clear what you were trying to say. Like, I don't think there needs to be any more elaboration. Like, that's what it is. But for some people that are still out there, because I can't speak for everybody in the dating pool, yeah, maybe they need this, that that slap to the face of just saying, I'm not about you. And that's all there is to it. Like without any other real reasoning behind it, you don't owe her a giant dissertation about the ways you guys don't fit. Like it's just not a fit. You feel that in your gut, you feel the vibe is off. That's all there has to be. You're not committed. So yeah, it, it sucks that you do have to be that blunt sometimes, but I think it goes both ways. I think some, a lot of women have to be that blunt with guys too. It's just like, if the guy isn't getting the message, a woman needs to be that blood and just be like, it's not happening. 
fucking ever. So get over it and move right. on. But and again, you don't hear about it from the girl's point of view most of the time, but that's an interesting twist on this one. Yeah, I think it works both ways. Be a little more blunt about it, I guess. But to me, it seemed like you were clear. That's what I'm saying. And the the entire first, I can't do this casual sex shit anymore. Right. That that was all you needed to say was that. Yeah. And like this is she's been a she's been someone I've had relatively consistent appointments with. You know what I mean? Appointments, yes. I got you. <laughs> so we're we are very familiar with each other in the way that we work and like to do things. So I thought she would get it, but I guess I got to go back to the drawing board and just literally draw it out for it. Cause apparently women nowadays can't get no hints. <laughs> Make a billboard, just downtown Milwaukee, bright lights. <laughs> I don't fuck with you. That's about it. <laughs> Big flashing neon arrow pointing at you. It's like, <laughs> just, no, just, no. Hey, some people need it like that. It's not everybody is that deep. Some people are very fucking dense and just need that wake up call just to be in bright lights. And that goes for a lot of things too, honestly. Just yeah. In general, it's not just for, you know, relationships too. People need just social cues and hints just through daily life. That's kind of nuts to say, but like I feel we're dumber as a as a society and population these days and Oh, it's trust a fact. Me, Oh yeah, and the holidays don't make it any fucking better, so it's yeah, tis a season as we say. But that means everything. I I think you gotta be a little more blunt about it, especially if she's asking for more clarification. Like, okay, drop the hammer and fucking move on. Which hammer? Not that. One. <laughs> <laughs> I knew you were gonna go. I as soon as I said hammer, I'm like he's gonna go with the sex joke. I left myself out there for that one. But uh, I mean, I'm not stopping you from dropping that hammer either. But it sounds like you got a good head on your shoulders. I've seen the growth as we talk about all the time with the show. So tell her to listen to the fucking show then. If she doesn't want to listen to your text message, no. say, hey, go listen to episodes, this, 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 and this, and listen to me grow out of that old mentality. There you go. She knows about the show. Tell her to start listening, motherfucker. And then tell her friends, and then y'all can tell your friends to check us out, too, because relationship advice is just as evident on this show as sports advice is. So, hey, Woo. tell her to listen to the fucking show and stick along for the ride and, so, and see the rest of your growth. So mm. it's all documented. But people mm. are dense, motherfucker. She's trying to see that thing growing in my pants. That's what she's trying to see. No, oh, all right. We're done needs, here. We're done. She needs to <laughs> calm it down. Wow. Wow. We're done. We're done. We're done. We're done. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm hey, man. But eggnog after that one. Oh, go on. Hey, man. Uh, I'm about to take a shot just to take a shot. But how's your week been, man? Man, my week sucked. It didn't suck all the way. But like I told you last episode, how I babysat. Uh, for a sleepover for my daughter, and then the friend was kind of sick, and then the next day I got a little tickle in my throat. Yeah, that turned into a full-blown fucking cold. Pretty Ooh. much fucked my whole weekend. That sucked. But you know what? Once that tickle started happening, I was just pumping fucking vitamins, downing orange juice, downing the Airborne, downing the DayQuil and NightQuil. Like, I was just determined to kill this motherfucker off. I went and got a flu shot, too. I said, fuck all this. I'm not doing this shit in winter. Wait, you got a flu shot? <laughs> Yeah. The fuck is this? Third grade? And you got to turn gonna, in your vaccination no, no, no. history? I was going to do that anyway, but, you know, I keep... It's one of those things where you, you keep putting something off, and then shit keeps oh, yeah. happening. It's one of those things. So, that had nothing to do with the cold, but it was just a reminder for me to go, fuck, man, I'm lacking in taking care of myself lately, so... And I blame Christmas, of course, because you get bogged down in all these fucking details, and all the little nuance of this holiday that you kind of forget about just the day-to-day -day shit that you kind of take mm. for granted. 
Yeah. So, so along with just trying to beat a cold, you know, we had our uh, Christmas party with the in-laws. We usually start a little bit early. I mean, with the thing about us is, you know, I have a small family. Rachel's got a very fucking gigantic family that covers like three different fucking family trees. So that equals at least three or four to five different Christmas parties between the beginning of December and the end of January, which is fucking nuts. Yeah, I know. It's it's crazy. So that was the first of what I believe is four uh, for this coming season here. And it was a great time. You know, we shit, man. That's why I was messaging you uh, watching football on Sunday. Fucking whiskey and prime rib. I was fucking chilling. That was <laughs> that was well worth everything I went through. Like, oh, I could taste everything. The prime rib was amazing. Fucking food was delicious. I brought some cheesy potatoes, which I never made before in my life, but they were fucking hit just because that's what i do that's what i do in the kitchen bro yes sir i i know i know hey you've been there so a lot of a lot of good times there playing you know we play some cards and shit and just having a great time and you know kids had a bunch of presents they can open and it's just wonderful beginning uh to the real christmas season which i think starts now and not two months ago thank you very much people i don't care what yes. y'all say but you know yes. it, it is what it is but yeah i think it was a a nice start, but other than that, I mean, most of my week was just either sick on the couch, working from home, or finishing the Christmas shopping, which is all fucking done. Thank you, fucking Lord. Ain't <laughs> no more to shop. I ain't got to spend no more money. I'm done. Everybody can suck it after this. So, I mean, you can suck it after you have a Merry Christmas and then suck it. There you go. <laughs> and then suck it again. <laughs> and suck it again. Yes. Seasons beatings, motherfucker. Um, yeah, that, that was my week. Nothing too fancy, but you know, gearing up here. Now I got hey, some more house. It's just some more dad shit. You know what I mean? Oh my God. I've been in a complete dad mode this whole month. I swear between the furniture, which is all done. Table came out. Shelves came out. Hey, that off the to-do list. Fucking finally. And yeah, between that and running around. Yeah. I've been in complete dad mode. I need to chill the fuck out, man. I can't wait to just be back. Just being dad and just being a worker and a husband. That's it. And not Santa Claus, you know? So <laughs> Fucking elf on the shelf shit. I'm looking at it right now. Just like, ugh. Uh, I can't wait till that thing goes back to the North Pole. Oh, I can't wait for Thanksgiving next year. Oh, thank you. Like, <laughs> that's what, see, how ridiculous would it sound if I was like, all right, now it's fucking 365 days till Thanksgiving. Like, I see, don't like, like a jacket. I would be on that boat. I would be on that boat with see? you. That's you know way what? Like, more fun. <laughs> honestly, fuck Christmas. Thank you. I agree. Uh, like, what is good all about the way. Christmas? Motherfuckers don't know. They forget how to drive. Yep. They forget how to act like normal human beings while waiting in lines at the store. Check. And then if you work at the store as a oh. you know retail associate, you deal with rude motherfuckers all day long. All day. And what night. good comes out of Christmas other than seeing smiles on children's faces? That's it. I had that same argument with Rach the other night, too. I was like, you know, I don't hate Christmas, but it's just so much fucking work. As you, When you're a parent, it is 90% work and build up. And it's like the little 10%, which is amazing. Don't get me wrong. It's seeing your kids like just lose their shit, open gifts, tear things open, get their PlayStation and Nintendo, all that bullshit. That is wonderful. I'm not diminishing that. But the older you get and the more kids you have and the bigger your family gets, like it is a production. I feel like I'm putting on a Broadway play. And it's not like it's, <laughs> you know, it's not like I don't like to do it. If I didn't want to do it, I wouldn't have had a family. But it's Bye. just, 
it is fucking exhausting on a day-to-day basis and it's just yeah. it's the finances it is just trying to get around like you said all the other external factors that kind of play into it not to mention the commercialization the fact that we talk about it nine months out of the year because we had to prepare yeah. for it mentally it's it is so much where i said i love thanksgiving because yes there's build up yes there's work to be done but all the work is pretty much only two days long and it's only if you're like me and you go crazy doing everything from scratch, you could really make Thanksgiving in like a couple hours. It doesn't have you to really be fancy. You totally could. But it's like all that work I'm doing is literally just to feed people. That's it. That's all the prep I need. Clean the house. Feed the people. Done. Watch football. Hang out exactly. with the fans. I get to that's chill it. out the rest of the day. Like, yep. there's no work. And for me, what that's more barely you work. Ask for? Exactly. That's barely work for me. That's I enjoy doing all that shit. It's the reason I volunteer my house every fucking year. Like, that's yeah. my shit. So, that's what I'm saying is it's not the holiday itself. It's just it's so much extra fucking work just to make it work. And yes, it shouldn't have to be like that. It's Christmas, right? Just, I should go just to get up, have a cup of coffee, and enjoy the fucking time, but... Drink some milk, nope. eat some cookies, and... Right! <laughs> you know, so, again, not that I don't enjoy it, but acknowledge people, it is a ton of work. It is exhausting. Mm-hmm. And when it's all over, all you have is a bunch of new shit that your kids are going to lose in six months anyway. Man, <laughs> empty fucking pockets. My wallet is going to be hurting by the Broken end of this fucking month. pockets. Oh, yeah. The emotional damage. All of it. <laughs> all of it happens at Christmas time. Thank you very much. So, Merry Christmas, all of you. This is the holiday episode. We're happy you're here. <laughs> Hey, let's let's cue that music right now Mm. so we can get right into the meat and potatoes. I think it's going to be a special holiday edition of the theme song. Let's hit it. Let's play that Mariah Carey. Oh, fuck. No. <laughs> if I have to hear that song one more time, I might hurl myself off a bridge. No, it's I just, literally hate Christmas music. I, like, I can't stand it. It's the same. Here's the thing. Spoiler alert, people. Christmas music is just the same 10 songs with 100 variations of them. That's all it is. That's, That's it. all it is. And, like, four of them are good. Maybe, maybe five. Yeah. And Mariah Carey, I'm sorry, it's not one of them. Y'all can say what you want. Wait, wait. You can... quick, quick question. So, so what is your favorite Christmas rendition? Yeah, oh, you're gonna think it's funny, and I don't care. I will. I will. What do we say? Stand on business on this. One? Stand on business. <laughs> business. Business. I guess I gotta stop saying the S and the Z in there. Stand on business about it. So, my favorite, and it's the weirdest fucking thing. It's "Last Christmas" by Wham. I absolutely love that fucking song. I will belt it out. Every year, I'll karaoke that fucking shit. I don't mm. care. It is a fantastic fucking song. I would say it's a, that is number one for me. Otherwise, have you ever heard of the Trans-Siberian Orchestra? I have not. Mm. I will actually counter you and say you absolutely have. You just don't know you have. Oh, okay. It's, that could be the case. Yeah, because they do a lot of it's the same music every year. You, you've heard it many times. It's just it's music. It doesn't have a lot of words to it. They're Christmas songs, but they're mostly like 
electric guitar, violin, piano. I will play a clip right here, just a small little clip so we don't get sued. But if you've heard it, you would go, oh, I know this shit. But it's fantastic. But anyway, they come play at the Fiserv every fucking year, every time mm. at Christmas time. I think they play next Wednesday, if I'm not mistaken. It might be actually oh. this Wednesday. Yes. Oh, no. It's a Wednesday after Christmas. So next oh, okay. Wednesday, they're at the Fiserv, two shows. Fantastic show. I've seen it twice now. Fantastic. Those guys are amazing musicians. They put on like a nice big show. It's got like a kind of a play, you know, it's a story they say behind it that leads into the music. But it's fucking pyrotechnics, fucking fireworks. The violinist, uh, this lady who's been a violinist for them for a long time, absolutely shreds. You got to see it. I can't believe how talented she is. And mm. just it's it's like rock and roll. It's Christmas time. It's electric. It's such a good show. If you've never seen Trans-Siberian Orchestra people, I highly recommend it they are a fantastic group mm. what about you though man that's a good question um would you consider let it snow by boys to men <laughs> that's on my top five list yes <laughs> that's my number one <laughs> that's my number one they fucking light that song up oh yes oh man give me that shit every day of the week Ain't even got to be Christmas. 100%. Give that shit to me every single day of the week. Mm. I'm playing it on the aux, in the car. Yep. Whatever whatever it is, I'm playing that shit. That's Boys the fan- Men get spin for me every single day. 100%. That's a fantastic choice. Yes. That's probably like, top, I'd say top three for me, honestly. Just, they fucking murder that song. <laughs> Ate that shit, no crumbs left. All the bass in it, too. All the baritone. Like, woo. Mm-hmm. Boys the Men. Voicemail is no joke. They, they can still mm. fucking sing. Don't get me wrong. Yes. That was that was prime boys to men. And they prime. were untouchable. Yes. When they were fucking on stage with the uh, Concord Jordan 11s on with the yep. tuxedos. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> see, they don't know about that. They don't know about that. Y'all not ready for that. Y'all not ready. Y'all can go back in your YouTube and your Googles and look up that shit in the 90s, bro. Boys to men. ABC. BBD. You know, that shit. Oof. was the best. Yes. Was the best. Yes. Absolutely. I think they had a whole Christmas album, if I'm mistaken. Yeah, I did. They had, I think they did, yeah. I think I had it as a CD, or my mom had it or some shit, but yes, they absolutely had a whole Christmas album, and it's legendary. It's legendary. Mm-mm-mm-mm. That's amazing. Well, I'm glad we're talking about that. I would like to welcome everybody back to the show. Welcome back. We're so glad you're back. Thank you for choosing us yet again on this uh very soon to be Christmas weekend coming up. By the time you hear this, it'll be the day before Christmas Eve. Might even be on Christmas if you're listening to us. So Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, Happy Hanukkah, Happy Kwanzaa to all of our friends and family and loved ones out there, our new listeners. Hey, we're thankful for you. You are the best Christmas gift we could ever get. So we really Oof. appreciate you joining with us and taking some time out of your day uh, to laugh and be jolly with us in case you didn't know i do have the eggnog but i didn't forget my name it is santa siege that is uh let's call him rizzy the snow bro <laughs> oh let's get it yes let's get it it's a holly jolly soul um yes we're back yet again a little holiday twist on today we got some uh, like he said a lot to talk about when it comes to sports i got a holiday game for us to play too so Little red and green action, little holly jolly uh, for your ass 
and maybe a little mistletoe for y'all later on at the end of the show. We'll see how it goes. If he's feeling holly enough, maybe he'll give you some mistletoe to use for him. You know. <laughs> oof, oof, oof. Yes. Just well, need I a mean, wholesome woman. That's all I need. Wholesome. Yes. Yeah, see, we're we're going up here. We used to go from bad bitches, and now it's wholesome <laughs> women who enjoy the holiday spirit. Hey, but two things could be true. You could be a bad bitch and still a wholesome woman. You feel me? Ooh, those are the they're, best. They're hard to find, though. Hard to find. It's a rare breed, but it's like Pokemon, man. If you catch those legendaries, you don't let them go. Throw that master ball. Don't even play mm. no games with it. Don't use no moves. Master ball right away. <laughs> <laughs> that could be a dick joke, but I'm just going to sidestep that. <laughs> with the master ball. So I'm just going to go, nope, I'm not, I'm not getting reeled in with that one. I'm not Euro getting reeled stepping. in. Yep, just nope. <laughs> Duck and dodge, bro. Duck and dodge. <laughs> anyway, I wanted to get started with just a small conversation to recap what we were talking about actually a week or two ago. That is the NFL MVP race because it is heating up. We are getting very close to the playoffs in the NFL. A lot of shit going down. Some teams are falling apart that we've been praising for a while. Some teams are on the up, sneaking in. And we had some takes about the MVP race, who we feel should be MVP. And let's just give a quick update for the MVP standings, and I want to know your thoughts, sir, about who really deserves the MVP. And the big news we've got, because it hasn't really changed yet, Brock Purdy of the Niners is still sitting here at the top of the list, uh, minus 225 favorite, to win MVP. Again, remind you that Brock Purdy it was Mr. Irrelevant, the last pick in the draft, leading this Lamborghini of a freaking franchise, the San Francisco 49ers, to decimating teams including ones at the top like the philadelphia eagles and purdy is the guy with the keys to the fucking kingdom right now so understanding that and looking at the rest of the guys trailing behind him lamar jackson a plus 600 uh right behind him and then christian mccaffrey plus 700 and people like dak prescott at plus 900 which it's dak prescott guys come on josh allen is still kind of hanging in there top five uh plus 1000 and then following him up, you got Tua, Pat Mahomes, Trevor Lawrence still kind of hanging in, Jalen Hurts, and Tyreek Hill at a plus 3,000. That eggnog. Wait, hold on. Tyreek is plus 3,000? Yeah. As of right now, just as of right now, oh, I he... know. He got hurt. That that helps. I mean, it, it hurts when okay. you get hurt on the way to being an MVP. Even though you and I and a lot of people know that Tyreek Hill should be probably a top two, if not top three right now. But yeah. Injuries fucking suck, and that's just how it goes. Even if he misses just the one game, he tumbles down the MVP race. But how do you feel about Brock Purdy still sitting here looking like probably the lock-on to win it with Lamar Jackson and Christian McCaffrey right behind him? So I just wanted to say that um, for those of you that have been living under a rock, <clears throat> MVP stands for Most Valuable Player, right? Correct. That's correct. Brock Purdy ain't even the most valuable player on his team. <laughs> How can he be the most valuable player in the NFL if you're not even the most valuable player on your team? I All don't right? know. I don't know. So, so Brock Purdy being number one, to me, it's 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 just some bullshit. Let's just be real. <laughs> the most valuable player on that team, on that 49ers team, is Christian McCaffrey. 100%. Let me Absolutely. read you. I'm just going to read you his rushing numbers. All right. Go I'm not it. even going to talk it. about his receiving numbers. <laughs> As we speak, 
He has 1,292 rushing yards, 13 touchdowns. That's just mm. rushing. Mm. All right. All right. Now receiving, he adds another one, two, three, four, five, five, six, seven, seven touchdowns. So he has 20 touchdowns on the season. Woo! Spicy. Spicy. Uh, I think the only player that has more touchdowns than Christian McCaffrey. Now, I may be wrong. You can fact check me. I'm cool with that. <laughs> is Josh Allen. And he plays mm. fucking quarterback. <laughs> He's a quarterback. He throws it and he runs it. That's the only person that comes to mind that has more touchdowns than Christian McCaffrey. Mm. Uh, so, I would say I think Mostert has like 20 this year as well. But Mostert has again, 20. Okay. He has 20. But Thank still. you. Which is which is another reason why Tua should not even be in the conversation. Exactly. <laughs> which brings me to my next point. Just because they play quarterback, the quote unquote most important position on the football field does not mean that they are the best player on their team. Mm. Okay. Sometimes when you play quarterback, you're surrounded by, let's just say, I don't know, pro bowl type players. Yeah. Of course, you're going to have a great year. It's natural. And, and you playing quarterback, of course, you're going to get the notoriety. You know why? Because nowadays, people don't really watch the game. Nah. They just see who wins, and they look at the numbers. Yep. That's why Brock Purdy is number one, because they've been winning, and he has the numbers. Why does he have the numbers? Uh, maybe because he has uh, Christian McCaffrey, George Kittle, Brandon Ayuk, and Debo Samuel. Oh, and just the best play caller in the NFL. Maybe that's why he's been doing so well. <laughs> Nuclear maybe. weapons. Nuclear, Nuclear weapons. weapons. Nagasaki all over again. <laughs> all right? Oh, so get man. the fuck out of here with that Brock Purdy bullshit. Because if he was on the Las Vegas Raiders, he would look just like Jimmy Garoppolo. Literally. If he Almost was on identical. the Detroit Lions, he would look just like Jared Goff, which isn't bad, but is he an MVP? Hell no. Oh, God, no. God, no. I'm not saying Brock Purdy sucks. All I'm saying is he ain't the most valuable player on his team. That guy That's is Chris McCaffrey. He should be the MVP. And in my opinion, even though he got injured, number two should be Tyreek Hill. Absolutely. Absolutely. Dude is about to have 2,000 receiving yards. That Hello, that's Hall of Fame level. I know we have an extra game, but if it's that easy, how come there hasn't been another receiver close to breaking 2,000 yards? He could still hit it, and he's missed a game. So now that argument doesn't even make any sense. Like, he missed a game. He missed a game. And he's about to break Calvin Johnson's record like he can. Right. I hope he doesn't, but he can. <laughs> See, I could take my feelings out of it and speak facts. Somebody needs to break the record that it keeps shit interesting. So, yeah. yeah. Why not Tyreek? Why not? So I got Christian McCaffrey one, Tyreek two. Number three doesn't even fucking matter because Tyreek and Christian McCaffrey to me are way above everybody else. Yeah. It's not Fuck close. the quarterbacks this year. Fuck all of them. Even all Lamar Jackson. Yeah. I don't care. Fuck them all. <laughs> Give me Tyreek at number two. Give me C-Mac at number one. What about mm. you, sir? No, that's the exact same argument. I am sick to death of the MVP automatically being a quarterback. It is a new league. I get it. It's a quarterback-driven league. Sure, the quarterback is the captain of the team. I get it. It, Like you said, it doesn't mean they're the most valuable on the team. It just means they're the leader. That doesn't necessarily mean you're MVP. And the way those two players have been playing all season long, I'm sorry. To me, when I hear MVP, it says if you remove that player, the team dramatically suffers. Dramatically. If Brock Purdy does not play for the Niners, are they still losing a bunch of games? No. I nope. can play for the Niners and probably get us to a 500 record. And I'm you know, terrible. I can't throw the ball to save my fucking life. I don't even want to teach my Purdy, son how to throw. 
If Brock Purdy didn't play, Sam Darnold would just be handing the ball off to Christian McCaffrey and they'll still be winning games. Exactly. It's it's not rocket science. So to me, if you remove McCaffrey, yeah, you're losing a shit ton of games. I'm sorry. Even with Debo and Ayuk, who I respect so yes. much. And they had a good team before McCaffrey. I get that. We talked about Lamborghini. But guess what? It was maybe a Porsche. But when you added McCaffrey, you turbocharged that engine. And now it's Fast and the Furious, part 25. Like, he's just, he's that kind of game changer. And the same goes to Tyreek Hill. The Dolphins are not a contender without Tyreek Hill. You've seen what they look like without him. Like, yes, they can win games. Yes, Jalen Waddle was fucking great. Two was a great quarterback. I get it. But without Hill, those numbers are not there. The wins, there's some, but they're not as much. They diminish a little bit. And that, to me, makes them, by definition, an MVP. That's the only way around it. So I really think, and this has to be the fucking year, if McCaffrey's going this nuts on this fucking team, and again, I know he, he may even have tied for the most touchdowns or second most touchdowns, whatever. It's the way he's playing. It's complete, he's a complete game wrecker. And the way he's playing is Hall of Fame level. It's legendary. The way Tyreek Hill is playing is legendary. You may not see that kind of season again from Tyreek Hill. Mm-hmm. This is the season to change the pattern, to break the cycle of a quarterback having to win MVP. I want to see a year where a kicker is MVP. I don't give a shit. Just somebody other than the fucking quarterback. Come on, Tucker. Justin Tucker. If anybody, Tucker wins you fucking games as a kicker. That's a good argument for me. I don't care. He's not going to win it. But no. I would love to see his name up there. Like, <laughs> it doesn't have to be the fucking quarterback. And I think we've just gotten lazy into this cycle where it's automatically a quarterback. Break the fucking cycle. Break yes. it. Mm-hmm. A Heisman doesn't always go to a quarterback. So yeah. why does the MVP always go to a quarterback? It's essentially the goddamn Facts. same thing. So Facts. It's the only difference is in college, we haven't established a pattern where the Heisman is automatically a quarterback. It's just not there. MVP, it just takes one just to change things. You have two bona fide studs as candidates. Let's make it happen. That's all I'm saying. I completely agree with you. Mm. Mm -mm -mm. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. But you know what? To to go along with like that uh, Tua thing, you know, Tua's yet to beat a 500 team. Yes, you've made that clear when you thought there are pretenders in the playoffs. And I said, that's a really good point. You know, I didn't even think about that at the time, but you're right. The Dolphins were as good as they look. Haven't had any impressive wins this season. So no, they they beat who they're supposed to beat. Right. But then when they are met with that specific task of beating a team on their level, they haven't passed. There you go. So if anything, that diminishes Tua, which again, I like Tua a lot. I think it's a great fucking quarterback, but right. it just I think it just highlights Tyreek Hill clearly is the number one on that team. So yep. if the quarterback is gonna get all the praise, the quarterback should get all the blame. That's 100% true. So I don't know what it's going to take. I don't, if these two guys can't win MVP after these kind of seasons, we never I will. I don't, like, I don't we'll see never a skill position player. No, exactly. It'll never fucking change. Like, what does somebody have to do? 3,000 yards and 50 touchdowns? Right. Just become undeniable. I just, I don't get that. They already are pretty undeniable to me. Yeah, I agree. Jesus and Christ. Fantasy football will tell you that too. Oh, we'll get there. Don't you worry. <laughs> fucking, oh. The Grinch who stole my fantasy season. Anyway, before we get into that, though, since we're still talking about, you know, playoff time, I do want to get your 
opinion and maybe start with I'll knock on wood on this one. I'll knock on wood. Yeah. But I'm gonna say let's maybe start the victory parade because this man and his Detroit Lions Minnes- they faced the Minnesota Vikings this week. He's gonna go get something, which I already fucking know what it is. But if Detroit defeats the Vikings and their quarterback Nick Mullins, <laughs> Mullins, for the first time since 1993, the Detroit Lions will win the NFC North division. And that, my friends, is what you would call a Christmas miracle. I knew you were getting the Calvin jersey, and it's a Oh, no, no, no. See, see oh. the, people, the people have already seen that one, right? Okay, okay, what you got? So, this one's for Barry. Oh, for Barry. This one's for Barry. Because the last time he won the division, he was on the squad. Oh, yeah. This one's for Barry. Absolutely. This one is for Barry. And you know what? I grabbed another jersey. Mm. This one is for my boy. Who should have experienced all of this in Detroit? Mm. <laughs> Big Matty Stafford. Oh. My boy, Matt Stafford. Mm, and you know what? Mm, mm. I hope we play against them in the playoffs. Oh, man. And I hope he beats us. Oh, really? I absolutely do. Wow. Because theoretically speaking, it would be in the second round. Yeah, probably. One playoff win is good enough for me. <laughs> yeah, we're not winning the Super Bowl. Let's be real. <laughs> that is, I think that's what our prediction was, right? Was. Well, at least mine was. Yeah, you would make it, you'd win the division, and you'd get one playoff win, and I think it'd be over. But yeah. who knows, man? Who knows? I mean, knows? do I think we're gonna lose to the Rams? No, I think we're gonna fucking kill them. There but, you go. <laughs> but I hope, I hope Matt Stafford plays well, and I hope he beats us because he's that one guy that wanted to be in Detroit and wanted oh. to bring Detroit back to its winning ways, something that we've never had ever. Yep. 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 Uh, and so he. That's my dog for forever. He will always be a Detroit Lion. He will always be my quarterback. And Hell he, yeah. I'm going to wave the flag for him again. There you go. There you go. Wave that blue. So, yes, I just want to get a little take of how you're feeling right now. Because, again, and I'm knocking on wood. It's Nick Mullins, bro. I feel like you start the parade right now. Yeah. No, Um, I completely agree with you. I'm not even being biased. Like, it's, um, it should be a wrap. It should be a wrap. Look, we top to bottom, the only position they beat us in, is wide receiver because they got Justin Jefferson. That's if he even plays. He's still a little banged up. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, he had a chest injury. So Yeah, you're right. You're right. So He might not even play. (laughs) So if he doesn't play, oh, we should mollywop them by 50 points. (laughs) Like, come on now. Did you see the game that Amara St. Brown just had? Did you see how Jared Goff played? He dropped five TDs. Did you see the running backs that we have? Mm. Did you see Sam Laporta catch three touchdowns? Like he was white Calvin Johnson? Like, what the fuck? I definitely saw all that shit. It was crazy. And, and the thing that surprised me the most, that excites me the most, is Jamison Williams showed the world he can be a possession receiver when counted on. He had That's four right. catches for 47 yards. Now, those numbers don't wow anybody. But Jamison Williams is known for two catches, 80 yards. Mm. That's what he's known for. It's just big plays. Right. He he was catching shallow crossers and everything. He He's really developing into, might I say, one of the most exciting receivers at his age that we have in the league because of his big playability. If he can continue this pattern of being able to catch the shallow crossers, um, get seven yards, get the first down, keep the chains moving, man, we have limitless potential on this offense. Limitless. Because both running backs can take it to that crib at any given moment. Absolutely. I'm around St. Brown. He will catch Everything thrown to him, except if it, if it's against the Bears. I don't know why. 
We have the blueprint. I don't know why. We're like a kryptonite, <laughs> but it doesn't make any fucking sense. So I just it doesn't make it. any fucking sense. All right. It's, it's early like, Christmas miracle, I guess. I don't fucking Yeah, know. yeah, exactly. God. So I'm extremely excited. Of course, I'm going to hold my horses until it actually happens because I've never seen this shit in my life. That's why I'm like, I can't imagine what that feels like right now. Just be like, it's finally happening for you. Finally. Like, it's all I'm, coming together. I'm 29 years old. Mm. Been a fan of this team for 29 years. Mm. So, um, yeah, it's about fucking time. <laughs> and it'd be on Christmas Eve of all time. Like, just, oh, storybook. 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 Man. Hey, and we, the lines are 4 0 when they play in primetime games. Look at that. Just saying. So, America wants us and America needs us. Throw the lines on primetime. You will not be disappointed. That's for damn sure. They're an exciting team. Yes, they have their faults. Yes, they have their weaknesses. But again, I we said at the beginning, because if you listen to the Bank Bro Show, we predicted Jamison Williams was going to be a key factor when he got back from suspension. It took a little time to work him into the offense, but you're seeing the results now. You're seeing them work him in, and now he's becoming more creative with the playbook. He's just getting fucking open on these fucking routes. Williams is a game changer when he's used properly. So... And he's I'm really looking, fucking fast. He's very fucking fast, too. I am looking forward to seeing what he can do in a playoff game, what all these guys can do in a playoff game, because I don't care what y'all say, that is still a team you don't want to see. Whoever no. they get matched up with is going to have a fucking problem. Good. I hope we get Minnesota, because we're going to mollywop them again. I feel like you are going to get Minnesota, and that would just be, whew, that would suck for Minnesota. I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> yeah. That's the one you don't want. That's the first Run that round shit you don't in Detroit. Want. Run that shit oh, in Detroit. man. Detroit playoff game in Detroit, man. Can you Damn. just imagine all the blue ski masks out there? They were and, loud as shit for this last game. I was like, oh, my God. Yes. So, and I'm glad I brought that up because I almost forgot to bring up this point. Oh. CJ Gardner-Johnson got cleared. He's cleared to play. It's a Christmas miracle all over the place. Our defensive leader. We won 10 games without our defensive leader. Woo! Bring back and the our defense, ski mask. I don't ski care what anyone says. <laughs> and I don't care what anyone says about Cam Sutton, how he's only allowed six targets and two catches over the last how many ever games. I don't give a fuck. I think dude's <laughs> overrated. I'm sorry. Eh, That's what it is. When CJ comes back, this defense, who this defense will be much improved. Absolutely. I'm not going to say they're going to be best of the best, but golly, they're going to be forcing turnovers. Yep. And you are going to see people get knocked the fuck out. Because <laughs> CJ Lyons style. CJ and uh, Brian Branch in the secondary, yeah, yes. no receivers are safe. Branch is great. Branch has been fucking playing great. Really enjoy it. I'm going to like seeing this new defense. It's not new defense, but revamped defense at the perfect time when you guys desperately fucking need help back there. So, yes, having Gardner Johnson back is a huge boost. And it may be changing the fortunes for you guys a little bit. I'm not sure how far it's going to go, but. Again, man, ride hey. that wave. I'm rooting for you guys. Like, yes, let's sir. See it. Yeah. Detroit has become America's unofficial team. That's what I was going to say. I don't even think it's an upset at this point. It's just, it shakes up the league. It puts that new contender that you haven't seen in a long, if ever, ever, in the Detroit Lions. So I like it. I always like fresh blood in the playoffs, man. These guys need it at a time when some of these big powerhouse teams are falling the fuck apart. Detroit is primed. To make some big upsets. Kansas City. Oops. Philadelphia. Philadelphia. Oh. <laughs> oh. Sorry, guys. Oh, Yeah, we, we stepped on that. My bad. So, yeah, you don't want to be vulnerable about from a Detroit Lions fan base who is 
starving, foaming at the mouth for a playoff win. Like, I don't want to see that shit. You don't want to see that shit. Like, Mm -mm. that's scary as fuck. So, Mm -mm. we'll see. We'll see. In other news, yes, since this guy alluded to it already, I guess we can get to it. I will recap real quick our Bank Bros Bowl in fantasy football. Again, if you listened to us last week, my bro and I got matched up in the first round of the Vault League playoffs. And boy, oh boy, we knew it was going to be a fucking tough fight. And we knew we were going to be scrapping and come come close and maybe like a one or two point victory for the winner. And the loser gets three shots. Yeah, that's what we thought was going to happen. No, what really ended up happening was what I would like to call a mercy killing, (laughs) where even with the score being the way it ended up, it only ended up that way at the very end for most of this. I got the shit kicked out of me. My team took a giant dump, which... I did admit I was a little concerned about because I was limping into the playoffs. My team was all banged up, and even the stars I had were a little questionable, and even someone like Tua, who was my quarterback, hasn't been playing great like we've been mentioning. So I had a feeling going against what I would say is the toughest team in the fucking league, it was going to be a tough fight. But he put me out of my misery. El Frique does move on to the second round, the final four, where Yay. he has a 25% chance of getting his second championship in this league. So congratulations, sir. Well fucking done. I got annihilated. 165.54 to only 109.26. And trust me, folks, it wasn't even that close for the majority of that fucking game. I think I averaged around 60 to 70 into the last fucking game. So I was like, oh, cool. This isn't even a fucking challenge for your team. My God. Was that yeah, your highest it, output for the for the season? You know, it might be, and it came I, at the best time. Right. Like, you just picked the best fucking time to destroy me. So, great. I'll take and, my first of my three shots right now while you talk about it. And, you know, earlier in the season, you you mollywopped my team. That's right. Revenge game. Revenge game. <laughs> when it really mattered. Um, shout out to Christian McCaffrey. That's my dog. Oh, shout oh. out to James Cook. He been my dog. I called his name a long time ago. You did. You really did. And shout out to Amon Ross St. Brown. My big three. They combined for like 100 points. I was just doing the math right now. Yes. It was about 100 points. Between three of them. <laughs> like, are you? McCaffrey by himself, 41.7 points. James Cook, 36.1. Amon Ross St. Brown with 24.2. I had no fucking chance. And that is what it is. And like I told you on the message, I'm happy about that. I would fucking hate to lose a playoff game, as this man knows, by like a point or two or less than a point even. That yeah. is gut-wrenching. That it tears your heart out. This, I'll take a mercy killing every day. To me, that means, A, I better be losing to the champion. Clearly, you're the chosen one. And B, I was never destined to win this year. That's what that tells me. It was, congrats getting here. Tenth straight playoffs. I'll take that fucking record to my grave. But... <laughs> The championship was never in my fucking future. So I'm cool with that. Cheers, hey, sir. <laughs> cheers, man. I think you just got a bad matchup. Whoever had me in the first round, th- terrible matchup. I'm sorry. Yeah. You get Christian McCaffrey, James Cook, Amara St. Brown in round one. Yeah, good luck. And you my even have James got- Conner. Yeah, yeah. I forgot to mention James Conner. He almost had 20 points. <laughs> oh, he had 18 points pretty much for fucking the flex position. Like, are you the one Cardinal does well? Really? Got the fuck out of here yeah <laughs> and then, i had no uh, chance i started dalton kincaid and he got me zero mm, didn't, didn't even need him. him 
Listen, Hop, who you were excited about playing, 4.1 points. He gave you nothing. It didn't nothing. matter. It didn't matter. Colts defense. Hop, shout out to yeah. y'all. Colts defense. Oh, yeah, I forgot about the Colts defense. 15 points. Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> 15 points from the defense. His kicker gets him eight. Like, this was a shellacking. The one who, like, really did not bring it was Lamar Jackson. And he had 18? He had 18 points. Like, the captain of your team probably did objectively the worst. Yeah. It didn't yeah. even matter. It didn't no, even it didn't matter. matter. My team did not show up to play whatsoever. I'm sorry. Like Once I saw that uh, Justin Jefferson stat line, yep. I was like, damn, he's done. I'm done. I'm done. I knew- that was the first guy who played, too. And I was like, oh, yeah. that's it. I'm done. I know this fucking game. Shout out to Tyron Williams for dropping Oof. 24 and a half points. That man is a fucking stud. I hope nothing but the best for him. I want to also shout out, just as my season is over, Mr. Kenneth Walker, sir, sir, Oof. I hope my Christmas wish for you is they give you a big fucking bag in Seattle. Whenever that next contract comes, pay that man because Kenneth Walker is an absolute gem. Is an yes. absolute fucking gem. Yes. You know me. I'm a, I'm a Michigan State fan. He went to Michigan State. That's so absolutely Kenneth true. Walker, Le'Veon Bell, like we developed and produced at Michigan State some very good backs. I told mm. you at the beginning of the show and everybody who listens, uh, Kenneth Walker is going to be a guy this year. Absolutely. Absolutely. And thank God you did not start him. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, coming back from injury was a little risky. I was like, I don't know if I really want to risk that in a playoff game. I was, and again, that's why I was really hoping for that fucking bye week just to say, give yeah. Walker that rest, give Justin Jefferson the rest, and then come back next week and just start fucking people up. But yeah, I knew it. Once I matched up with you in the first round, I was like, I'm probably fucking toast. That's okay. I do have one other league I am in, and I am in the championship for a giant, beautiful fucking trophy that is brand new, and I am one win away from having my name forever be the first name on that trophy. I faced my youngest brother in the finals, and I am projected to win, but we'll see. Knock on wood on that one. But yes, sir, I am hoping my vision is you win the Vault League, I win the Family League, we come back to this fucking show, champions, with the gold, holding, holding the fucking titles, man. So we'll you see. You know what? I'll toast to that. Oh, God. Don't you jinx me with a victory toast for I win a damn championship. I'm still looking at the trophy. I have not touched it all season. So I am just, I'm begging the football gods to not take this victory from me for once. It's been too long since I've been a champion. But hey, I'll, I'll drink to that, sir. For the both of us, man. Hey. Because <laughs> job's not finished. It's not finished. Job ain't finished. Uh, McCaffrey, Saint, mm. Mr. James Cook, we ain't done yet. We gonna keep mm. going. You got two wins to go, sir. Two wins to go. And I believe, who do you got next? Sandusky? Yep. Yeah, boy. So, I yeah, worried. My, unfortunately, my wife also lost her playoff game to Sandusky's tight ends. And you know what's funny? season is over. You guys scored almost identically. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> Y'all was meant to be. <laughs> I think so. But you know what the fucked up thing is? Now that you brought that up, I have mentioned before how I can never beat my fucking wife in fantasy, no matter what the fuck I do, even though she has no clue what she's doing. Yes, we scored similarly. She still beat me by .06. .06. So it didn't even matter to me. If I got matched up with her in the first round, I still would have lost. It would have been even worse. Are you fucking kidding me? I still can't beat her. So 
Shout out to Mrs. Foster, man. Shout out, shout out, shout out. But oh, that's all right. We'll keep it going for you. We'll keep following your games, but good luck next week. You're going to fucking need it. I think you got a fight ahead of you. I know Sandusky is a team you're not worried about, but hey, he scored 142. So, like, it ain't 165. It ain't 165. You'll see. We're getting close to playoffs. It gets a little dicey with these teams starting to get the playoff clinching because then they start resting people and then your strategy's a little fucked up. So, that's why I need the Ravens to beat the fucking 49ers. Dude, the 49ers win. And they rest McCaffrey, I might be fucked. <laughs> <laughs> that's see, that's what I mean. So like, yeah, man, you gotta you gotta seal it up right now. Let's get this yeah. done. <laughs> All right. We will pivot from football into some fighting because we did talk about the upcoming UFC now this past UFC uh two ninety-six that just happened last weekend. We did have some shot bets on that one since we're already pouring up. The holiday cheer, so you so you say. We got to make sure this man and I talk about the results and see who needs to take some more shots. Uh, I'm still doing my first shot here because I poured way too much. My <laughs> God. Uh, but, yes, we did have shot bets on this one. We'll start from the bottom of the car working up. Now, again, we discussed that there were five fights that we all had shots about. Unfortunately, at the last second, that first fight between Ian Gary and Vicente Luque did get canceled at the last minute. We were hoping... There was maybe going to be a replacement fight, maybe last second. It just Kevin Holland? Out. Kevin Holland was ready. Our boy, Ooh. Kevin Holland, when you, you don't got to get ready if you just stay ready. And Kevin Holland was like, yeah, I'll fight right fucking now. Let's go. Trying to get Luke Eggs to stay on the car. Trying to get Dana White to say, hey, let's get a fucking strap going for with no fucking camp. That would have been so fucking great. And Holland is a real one for doing it. But Dana just, I guess, had other plans in mind. So... Neither of those guys got what we wanted. It's fine. But that fight was canceled, so we'll just talk about the top four. And we'll start with what we thought was a interesting, if not underwhelming, fight scheduled between Patty Pimblett and Tony Ferguson. Again, big fans of Tony Ferguson, but at the time, he did lose six in a row. So we're kind of like, oh, boy. But neither of us were even excited about Patty Pimblett. We think, Mm-mm. you know, overrated, not a lot of skills, kind of being propped up for no reason. Not seeing what all the hype is about. It is what it is. So I believe this man had Ferguson cracking yep. Pimblet and winning this shit. I had Pimblet by a boring fucking decision. Uh, but we'll get into the analysis here. I- I'll talk about what I saw, honestly, right away. Just a lot of low leg kicks to start. Ferguson kind of tripping up Patty early, staying alive. You know, Ferguson was throwing a lot of fucking strikes at the beginning. You know, he looked a little bit fresher than he did in his last fight. So I thought, okay, maybe Ryan's on to something. And uh, one thing I noticed right away is Pimblet telegraphs his strikes pretty fucking easily. So when he's about to throw a punch, he's got a two-second delay where you see it coming. So I was like, is he moving in slow motion? What the fuck is wrong with Patty? And that's when I realized, oh, that's his basic fucking technique. He doesn't have a great strike. So if exactly. I can see your strike coming and I know what you're going to throw, a professional fighter can easily fuck you up. If it yes. wasn't somebody like Ferg who... Just needs to just stop, but it's fine. I, I won't go well, there. Fur caught him. Fur caught him though. Fur definitely caught him quite a few times. I was like, Jesus Christ. Um. So yeah, Fur was staying in there, very smart with his strikes. He got good, really good right in the jaw, uh, mm-hmm. that first round. You know, just staying in Patty's face. And you know, I'll give Patty some credit. He was staying in there, even with taking some shots. You know, he kept you know staying with it, 
making some smarter moves. But Ferg was just really coming at him with that one. That left hand was fucking hot, dude. Ferg was mm-hmm. just he was showing you he still got something, like we said. There's something in yeah. that fucking tank, dude. Like Ferg, uh he didn't look too bad. No. I know Dana said he wanted Ferg to retire just because he lost what is seven in a row now. That's seven in a row, yeah. But honestly, like Patty did not want to stand up with Ferg. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Patty was looking to take him down and just hold him and hump him the entire fight. Literally. And that's, and that's basically how Patty won. I'm still not impressed with Patty. Nope. At not all. at all. Not at all. Um, it's clear that he didn't want to fight. Right. He wanted to control and grapple. Round and pound. That's all he and wanted even, to get done. And even when Tony was on his back, he was landing those elbows. Yeah. And the feet, too. He was doing those, like, giant axe kicks from his back. And I was yes. Like, He's catching you on the top of the up head. Kicks. He will put you out with those up kicks, dude. So, yes. Like, and if you know anything about Ferg, that's vintage Ferguson. Like, he's made his career off of those fucking kicks. So, like, Awkward strikes. Yeah. Don't see anything coming. Catch right. you off guard and catch you in a submission. That's Tony Ferguson. He won that's championships Tony. like that. So, like, yep. why would you not know that game plan coming in if you're Patty Pemblitz? I, right. I didn't get that. And like you said, that was most of the fight was Patty just staying with it, getting him on the ground and just kind of humping him in the submission a little bit. He didn't give him a tap, but it was just like he just stayed on top of him the entire time. You know, yeah. and and honestly, I think of that first round, Patty really fucked his own foot up too. He was he could yeah. barely put weight on it. I don't know if he broke something, but like you could tell like his whole thing, his whole stance is to switch up because he couldn't put pressure on that fucking foot for a long for most of that fucking fight. So yeah. It, it was a little crazy with that one, but Patty stayed in control. He really had no answer for Tony's for uh, ground defense. Like we said, Tony on his back is fucking elite. So yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Patty had no answer, and he was the one in control for most of it. How are you got the top fucking guard and shit, and you can't even like get a fucking finish shot him. in? You can't even finish him. You're hitting him in the face, and you still can't do anything about it. Like, like yeah. you said, to me, this was not impressive. This is a nothing fight. Patty did win by unanimous decision, like I called. And it was just like that proved nothing. I don't no. I think Patty needed that to be a dominant win, and it wasn't. And I think that says again more about Patty just not being ready than it is about Ferg being put out to pasture. You didn't really right. put Ferg out. You nope. just put him to, you just kind of let him sleep. That that's really about it. So yeah. Nothing um, fight there. Before I take my shot, I just want to say. <laughs> the next fight I want to see from Patty is against Jalen Turner. Oh, I don't think he can handle Turner. No, I think Turner's gonna wipe him out. I think Turner takes his lights out. Yeah, but and I Turner think... is a big, lanky motherfucker with at one fifty five range at one fifty five. Just he's like six four. Yeah. He's as tall as Hamzat. Exactly. Like Turner will just pretzel you and and just take your lights out. Just, just I don't think he's ready to record from Turner. the outside. You see what he just did to Bobby Green. Exactly. Uh, yeah, and I think Bobby Green will beat Patty. Mm-hmm. You think so too? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think Bobby I always Green will like, beat him up. I, Bobby Green is another one who is tall and lanky. I like fighters with range. I like fighters with a lot of heart. Patty doesn't have either of those things. Patty is like kind of a short. I mean, he's not short, but he's a shorter dude, not as much range, and clearly he striking. He can grapple. That's about it. The striking, though, he's outclassed by both those guys. So absolutely do I, agree. Do I think they mock Patty? No, and it's not because of the lack of talent for them. It's because Patty is very defensive. I think he grappler. Moves, yes, he's a he's a grappler and he uses mm-hmm. the cage a lot, which it's hard to finish guys like that unless you get lucky. But both those guys, Jalen Turner and Bobby Green, I think absolutely would outstrike him 
easily. I so, think I think Turner knocks him out, and I think Bobby Green will win by decision. There you go. That's exactly what I would think. That's very fucking accurate. So yeah, I would love to see him against Turner just because I think that would kill the hype train. Which I absolutely don't, I don't I believe in it. The hype that Patty has, Jalen Turner needs. Absolutely. But it shows you, we talked about before, the machine. Who's the machine behind? Yep. For some reason, Dana still wants Patty to be the guy, his UK guy. It's like you need to put your cart behind a different horse, bro. Yes. Ain't the one. You know what? Here you go. I'll drink to that. <laughs> I you know what? I got two more shots. I'll take my shots with you. Uh because yeah, spoiler alert, I was right. About all my UFC picks. Hey, Merry Christmas. Hey, hey, I had a balance out. Somebody won a fantasy, somebody won a UFC. There you go. I'd rather be the opposite way, but it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> if I lose this week, I'm going to be real fucking salty. My Christmas is going to be ruined, but we'll see how that fucking goes. <laughs> fucking want that championship. It looks so beautiful. <laughs> oh, moving on. The next fight I'll let you talk about because I know you are very interested in this one. That is Shavkat Rachmanov. Versus mm-hmm. Steven Wonderboy Thompson in a yes. highly, highly anticipated fight. Tell us about that one, sir. I'll take my so, shot. With this fight, I was actually impressed with both fighters. Mm-hmm. Um, just just to be clear, Paddy should have finished Tony the way uh Rachmanov finished Thompson. There you go. I, I would agree with that. Thompson, he was having success on the feet. Yes. He was, um, when he didn't get taken down, he was controlling the range, landing some really good shots on Rachmanov. But when um, Rachmanov finally took him down, he finished it. That was it. It was it. See, <laughs> like, I favor strikers, but when a Same. grappler takes you down and finishes you, whether it's ground and pound or via submission, mm. I can't do anything but respect that. Right. Because that's what you're supposed to do. You have the advantage there. Absolutely. Don't just take somebody down and hump them. <laughs> right. Like, hmm. what the, like, what the fuck is that? Prove anything. You win by points. Cool. Great. Congratulations. Ooh. But guess what? If the ref wasn't there and y'all fought on the streets, you would got so beat. That's so accurate. <laughs> you know what I mean? Absolutely. Like, like Rachmanov showed you why he should be next in line for that title shot. Uh, huh? That's right. At 170. Mm. Because through thick and thin, whatever he goes through, because he he's faced some adversity against I forgot uh oh he fought um uh Jeff uh, I forgot his last name uh before before Thompson Jeff Neal is that his name I believe so give me one he's, second I'll confirm that but he's a very good striker with very very dangerous knockout power that was Jeff Neal correct yes and he finished yep. him Jeff yep. Stephen Thompson great mm-hmm. striker finished him Neil Magny. Finished him. Yep. Uh, and so at that division, at 170, Leon Edwards, the most, w- which we'll get into later, but I think he's the most balanced fighter maybe in the UFC. Mm. He deserves that shot because he showed you he can finish anybody with any style at any given moment. And I got nothing but respect for both of, the, both of these men because Stephen Thompson knows that Shafkat was probably the worst matchup for him. Absolutely. Because not only does Shafka have knockout power, he can finish you on the ground like what he did to Steven Thompson. Mm. And you know what? Shout out to Steven Thompson. He showed nothing but class after the fight. And shout out to Shafka because he did what he was supposed to do. That's right. Um, That's so, a fucking hey, job done. In my opinion, Bala Muhammad might have to wait 
on his title shot because Shavkat showed that he he deserves it. Steven Thompson is nobody to sneeze at. No, God, no. He he will pick you apart on the feet. If you don't take him down, good fucking luck. <laughs> he almost got to show that off, too, because Steven Thompson, we talked about karate and how it's the basics for all martial arts, but that guy is a wizard when it comes to striking. And he was getting a – when he got some space with him and Rockmanov, he was showing it off. Like, those kicks were crazy. The shots he was taking – were measured and precise. But like you said, it's a bad matchup because all Rachmanov really had to do was get in the clinch right against the cage, and Wonder Boy was kind of toast. It's just what it was. Every strike he threw out of the clinch, Rachmanov caught his leg and just started pummeling his fucking guts, just started yeah. destroying his ribs. I was like, holy shit. He caught mm-hmm. him so many different ways, and the way you talk about where he puts him in the submission – it was almost it was a masterpiece when you really look at it. He trapped yeah. Wonder Boy's arm behind his back naturally mm-hmm. like a pretzel, wore his ass down to the ground and just slowly smothered him into a choke. It was yeah. nuts. Like it, somehow he got into a sleeper hold on that one. And I was like, that was the damnedest thing I've ever saw when it comes to a submission. Like it yeah. was so just clinical. And that's where I go, yeah, Shaka has a fucking problem. That man is 18 and 0. And boys and girls, 18 finishes too. 100%. 100% finish rate. That is rare. That is incredible. And I'm sorry, Leon Edwards, that's a problem. That's a problem. Yeah. That's a yeah. much, much more challenging matchup than the main event we'll get into in a little bit. But yeah, Rachmanov is ready. I respect the Shadow Wonder Boy, as I always did. But Shavkat, oh man, he showed you. There's no one left in his way. And yeah. I cannot wait to see what that title shot's going to be like. My God. Bring it yeah. on, bro. Bring it on. <laughs> Absolutely. I agree. I agree, man. Um, Man, Shavkat, he, uh, I think he, he might have leapfrogged the whole division. I think he did. I think that was it. And people were booing, too. And I was like, dude, those are your casuals who don't know what a chess match looks like. And again, this was a mismatch when it comes to styles. But there's nothing to boo here. They say it was anticlimactic, and I'm like, no, that was literally his game plan that he executed to perfection. Exactly. It doesn't have to be a not a flashy knockout every time. He literally pretzled a, a grown man into submission. Into That's submission. Nuts. That's and nuts. mind you, I think there was only like a few seconds left in yeah. the round. He beat the clock on that one. So like, yes. He literally could not hang on for another second. That's nuts. Yes. And if domination if, if, on the ground. If Wonderboy taps, you know that shit was for real. It's earned as fuck. Yes. Yes. So mm-hmm. give him his respect. Give him his title shot. Please. I, it's ready. I'm ready for it. I want to see it. And yes. hopefully sooner rather than later, we'll see how it goes. Because again, I think Leon's still pretty fresh after his fucking fight. We'll get into that in just a couple. But yes, sir, I believe you had Wonder Boy. No, no. I no, no. We, we agreed. We agreed. We agree yeah. on this one, but we We were Wonder rooting for Wonder Boy. That's right. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. There we go. No shots for that one. We are all good there. Next up was the flyweight title between Alessandre Pantoja and Brandon Royval. And boy, oh boy, like we said, the flyweights are always on fire. Those motherfuckers came to fight big rematch after Pantoja won the first fight a couple years ago 
And this one, ladies and gentlemen, was they picked up right where they left off. Pantoja came out fucking swinging right at the bell. Holy shit. But both these guys, and I, I didn't talk a lot of shit about Royval, but I said, you know, I thought Pantoja was going to just be outclassing him because yeah. his improvement has been crazy. Royval, I am a big fan now. I became a big fan of him in this fight. As much as I didn't learn much about Pantoja, mm-hmm. I learned a shit ton about Royval, and that is how much fucking heart he's got. That yes. man fought with some balls. Some fucking balls. Some cojones, dude. Yes. I, I respect his game. Because I didn't know much about the guy coming in, but man, oh man, I know about him now. Because yes. he was, he stayed active this whole fucking fight. I don't know where these guys get this kind of gas tank. I do get, I do know. It's because they're like 100 fucking pounds. So when you don't have all that fat that's holding you back, you got a lot more energy, a lot more coal to burn in that engine, you know. I'm just saying. But don't the pace those two were keeping, Woo. they were blitzing. They did not fucking Woo. slow down for a long fucking time. And I was like, the average oh person would have got knocked the fuck out. I would have passed out just from lack of oxygen halfway through that fucking fight. Just Maybe watching that shit, I would have passed out. Right. I was like, oh my god, how are they still moving this fucking fast? But yeah, both of them. First round was just nothing but nasty leg kicks. Both of them. Body shots. Both of them. And now you know. A lot of takedowns. The big story about this fight was Pantoja and his takedowns. And this was the big weakness that Roy Val's got to work on is a takedown defense. Now, Thanks. going in, I believe Roy Val only had like a 33% takedown defense. So, like, clearly Pantoja knew this was the, the hot button you push. Yes. Fine. But even so, even with as many takedowns, I think Pantoja ended up getting him taken down like five fucking times, which is crazy. But... You wouldn't be able to tell because Roy Val was staying tough with every takedown. He was moving every time. It was a very rare thing to see either one of them really resting when the takedowns were starting to occur. So, again, both guys were looking good through most of this. Pantoja, he was just those 10-8s, 10-8s. He was just keeping the rounds going. The the takedowns were just kind of giving him some pace. But -hmm. you can tell midway through this fight, Pantoja was running out of gas. He was putting yes. a lot of fucking effort into trying to end this shit, and Roy Val just kept fucking coming at him. So, like, mm-hmm. Pantoja, pause. I knew the pause was coming. <laughs> <laughs> Roy Val just, I, he couldn't shake him off, but, like, that was really, I think, the big thing. If it wasn't for all the takedowns, this is a lot closer fight. And, yeah. I, honestly, I'd see a rematch. I know he's not going to earn it anytime soon, but stylistically, I think he brought a lot of good out of Pantoja. He made Pantoja work all of that shit. What did you think, sir? Um, I was immensely impressed with both of these fighters again. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I know a lot of people are going to say this fight was boring. Uh, it went to decision. Yeah. Uh, Pantoja damn near um, wiped out all the cars and won unanimously. Yeah, completely unanimously, yeah. Um, But when you look at the the fight that Royval brought, it's easy to see in the later championship rounds Mm, Pantoja yes. wanted no parts of the stand-up. Nope, nope, Because nope, nope. Royval was piecing his ass up. Ooh, that fifth round, dude. Oh, my Lord. The crosses. I'm like, oh, my God. Like, is he going to just come back and win this shit? And like, remember what I said. This fight is going to be determined on whoever can lo- land their backhand yes. more effectively. That's right. That's right. In that fourth and fifth round, Royval was catching his ass with the left hand. <laughs> Pantoja wanted no parts in the stand-up, like I said. No, no. That's why he took him down, took Royval down, 
and humped him for the entirety of the fight. Held on for dear life. <laughs> because he knows Roy Val has no takedown defense, and he knows Roy Val will beat his ass in the stand-up. <laughs> if you gave him five more minutes, I think Roy Val would knock his ass out. Just yes, out I agree. Pantoja was fucking gassed, dude. He was gassed. He was trying to finish him, but Roy Val said, nah, you ain't going to finish me on the ground. Nah, bro. Because, like, Roy Val has very, very good jujitsu. Absolutely. And that's offense and defense. Mm. I don't know how many submissions he has in the UFC, but I know he has a lot. He has more submission wins than he does knockout wins. And mm. he's such a good striker. He's so tall for the division. Real good length for the division, Pauls. <laughs> <laughs> um, and like I mentioned, uh, Roy Val is one of my favorite fighters. Yes. If I were to model my game in uh, MMA after anybody, it would be Roy Val. Because of his striking and his jujitsu. Yes. Perfect balance. His weakness is just his takedown defense. And Pantoja, being the champion that he is, exploited that. Yep. That's what you do. I can't do anything but respect that. That's, That's what champions game. do, right? That's right. They find a way. Pantoja found a way. I give him nothing but respect. And Absolutely. I think if anybody deserves um, like a title shot in that division, in my mm. opinion, it's got to be Roy Ball again. Honestly, yeah. I'd love to see it again. Yeah. If it's not Brandon Moreno again, it's got to be Roy Val. And right. I think I'll favor Roy Val because I don't think in the fight against Moreno, Pantoja ever said to himself mentally, I cannot stand up with this guy. Right. Because in the fight with Roy Val, I think he literally said mentally, I cannot stand up with this dude. <laughs> You're up in here, right? <laughs> because if, you know what I'm saying? If you watch the fight, like, like, I, I know I pick Rival to win. I'm not trying to be biased. All right? I'm just speaking facts. <laughs> oh, yeah. Rival was piecing his Brazilian ass <laughs> up Brazilian. in the fourth and fifth round. Like, yeah, it really picked up, dude. It really picked up, and it showed you the cardio advantage that Rival has over Pantoja. Which is saying something. Which is saying something because Pantoja is a hell of a fighter. I'm hell not taking yeah. anything away from him. For, for he ferocious. deserves that win. Absolutely. He did what he had to do to get that win. And that's why I'm going to take the shot. Shout out to Pantoja. Shout out to Roy Val. You guys have shown the world why the flyweight division is probably the most exciting division in the yeah. UFC. I think it is. I think the sky's the limit. And we talked about it before. But like, if you look at the top 10 on that list, yeah. that's just the that's the tip of the iceberg. Even like 11 through 15 have like a ton of skill sets. So like, yes. that's a very exciting and growing division that they're going to keep building up. That's exciting fighting. That's all that fucking is. That's yes. nonstop action. You know, like guys that little have to be that much better. Yep. They have to. So they're striking, they're grappling, they're jujitsu, they're yep. wrestling, all of that. Has to be top tier. Right. Like, for example, I don't know where Kai Car or France is. Number four. Number four. Yep. That dude is one of the best strikers in the UFC. Absolutely. Dude has power for, oh my, dude has like Mike Tyson power at that division. That's literally like who I was he, looking at for like who's going to be, who should be maybe next. Kai Car or France is up there. Like, he's up there. Look, like, if you rewatch the fight with Kai Car or France and Brian Royval, he knocked the fuck out of Brandon Royval. <laughs> I was waiting for it. Yeah, it was like amazing. dropped his ass like clean. Like Royval was on his one knee, like Evo boys style. the men. 
Yep. <laughs> Bend it on one knee. <laughs> Their boys have been two times today. That's like, awesome. yo, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, yes, cut off Francis for real. Absolutely, and he's number yes. four. There's killers in this fucking division, dude. So, golly. Number yeah. four middleweight is like Jared Cannonier. So just, right. oh my God. <laughs> yes. Cheers to that in the flyweight division. Shout out Pantoja. Shout out Roy Val. Y'all put on a hell of a show for me. Um, mm. The casuals, fuck them. They don't know anything about MMA. Mm-mm. Fuck them. That was a hell of a fight. Absolutely. Love to see it. Love to see it. My God. So finishing up this pay-per-view was a very interesting title fight that we both were <laughs> like, what the fuck? It was our guy, Leon Edwards, at Shot Bang, of course, taking on Colby Covington. Hooray! Anyway, for the welterweight championship. Now, again, this man and I had the same fucking notion saying Colby had no fucking business being here and that Leon Edwards already had the blueprint because he beat Kamaru Usman, and Usman is much better at doing what Colby Covington tries to do and massively fucking fails. So I was saying if Colby doesn't get knocked the fuck out completely. It's going to be unanimous for fucking Leon only because Colby is a weak-ass fighter who will probably run a little bit. Boy, did we knock this run right out of the park. Because, oh, my God, fucking knocking dingers out here, bro. I'm not going to even do a full recap of this one because all you need to know is Colby Covington proved our fucking point. All he did was run for five fucking rounds. That's all he fucking did. Yes, he got a couple of takedowns towards the end because, as we know, that's the only fucking thing Kobe knows how to do is try to wrestle you. But the entire fucking fight, the first three rounds, was all Leon Edwards just staying calm. Now, I won't even get into the press conferences and the disgusting things that Kobe said about Leon's uh, recently deceased father because all I'll say is if someone said that shit to me, yeah, so to watch Leon bury all that shit and go into the ring and just do his fucking job for 25 fucking minutes and not rip Kobe's fucking head off. I respect it because he could have killed that man for what the shit he said. But Leon and what he stayed, did. And what he did. Yeah, exactly. So Leon stayed really fucking cool as a cucumber the whole time. And he was just pacing Kobe apart. Kobe had no fucking answers. And the shit that Kobe was doing, uh, even the even the announcers were, the commentators were baffled. They were baffled. What the fuck is wrong with Kobe? And we know he had a long layoff. The ring rust was everywhere. Kobe was reactive the whole time. He's fucking flinching at shit that Leon's not even really even fucking throwing. So, like, yeah. he's seeing ghosts like he's on New York Jets and shit. It was fucking crazy. So, Kobe didn't do shit until, like, the fourth round when he finally, with the slowest takedown I've ever seen in my life, wrestled Leon to the ground. And what did Leon do? Immediately twist out of it, get the fuck back up, and then dump Kobe on his own fucking ass, just saying, like, <laughs> I can do the same thing, but better. And he and Leon's not even a wrestler. He's not. So he immediately does what Kobe does just to say, fuck you, I can do it better in my fucking sleep. And long story short, Leon cruises to a very, I'm sorry, boring, not his fault. Kobe's fault. Not his fault at all. Not his fault at all. A very boring unanimous decision. Still welterweight champion. And Kobe, at the end of this one, who had spot position when the fucking final whistle blew, but he gets up and puts his hands in the air like he won the damn thing, which, spitting all over the place, which I have said in the past about other fighters, is what you're supposed to do. Even if you get your ass whooped, 
put your hands in there like you won. But the idea behind it is understand you lost, though, even if you got put your hands up. Kobe was legitimately stunned and was bitching, saying it was an easy fucking fight for him. He didn't have a scratch on him, even though blood's running down his fucking face. And his leg looks like beef jerky. And he said, I thought I won. This is a cakewalk. I can't believe I didn't win this fucking fight. I'm going to come back better than ever. And everybody goes, are you fucking delusional? And then you remember he's a Trump lover, and that's what every Republican says. But I'm going to get into politics. But all that shit said to me is, he's a clown. He's a showman. He's the same piece of shit that we always thought he was. He has no business being in the fucking octagon ever fucking again. I hope I never fucking see him on a UFC pay-per-view in my life. He's a terrible fucking person. He's a shit fighter. He's beaten nobody. He doesn't belong in the top 10, in my opinion. I don't give a fuck. If you saw anything in that fight, that convinced you otherwise, congratulations. You can see the Matrix. For me, <laughs> I saw a fucking fighter who wanted no part of Leon Edwards and showed the world he ain't got it down there where it counts, motherfucker. What did you think, sir? I completely agree with everything you said. <laughs> God. Look, the fuck was Leon, that? Leon Edwards pitched a shutout. Literally. I don't know how this, this fight wasn't a 50-45. On all scorecards. Exactly. exactly. What? I think the only reason why it was 49-46 was because Leon ended up on top position at the end of the fight. That's right. That's it. That's it. Yeah. Um, It's from the beginning. Kobe was fighting on his back foot. Back foot, yes. Flat-footed the whole time, too. Flat-footed like, the whole time. What are you doing? You know why you fight like that? I don't know if the average fan or average listener to the Bank Bro Show knows, but you only fight like that. Because you do not want to strike mm -mm. with the man in front of you. Mm -mm. All you want to do is hope that the man misses and you catch him with a counter. That's it. One That's counter. It. <laughs> and you know what? Little did he know. <laughs> Leon is not only one of the best strikers in the division because uh, Wonder Boy is still in that division. I think Wonder Boy is probably the best pure striker in that division. I'll give you that. But Leon Edwards... Show that he is the best mixed martial artist in that welterweight division. Absolutely. Not only did he piece Kobe up to the point mm. where Kobe did not even want to throw a punch at, at, at Leon Edwards. No. But when when Kobe took him down, and I think it was round one, Leon got back up, took his ass down. Yep. And said, I love that. Anything you can do, I can do better. That's what Leon was saying the whole fucking fight. It don't matter where the fight went. Nope. Leon was going to beat that boy's ass. It doesn't fucking matter. Ugh. Leon showed you why he is the champion. He showed you why he beat Kamaru Usman. And those wins against Kamaru Usman should not be undertaken. No, not at all. He earned every bit. Yes, because not only did Leon showcase his elite striking, but he also showcased his elite grappling. Yes, absolutely. He had answers for the takedown defense. Mm. He showcased his own takedowns. That was crazy. If he took down Kamaru Usman, what the fuck you think was going to happen to <laughs> Kobe Covington? <laughs> I don't get it. I don't get why you thought anything was going to happen differently than it did the way it did. So no, sorry. Like Kobe, no, like Kobe's been off for so long. You know why? Because he knows he can't beat none of these up and comers. None of them. None of them. N not in the one seventy division. Nope. I wouldn't even give him the 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 advantage over Eon Gary. 
Oh, fuck. Probably not. No, I don't think so. I wouldn't. I don't think so. Gary is much more complete of a package. Strike Striking like it, it's not even close. No, it's not. None. Like, I think if right now, if Kobe fights Jeff Neal. <laughs> I'd love it. I'd love he it. He loses. If yeah. Kobe fights Wonder Boy, he loses. Oh, yeah. Wonder and Boy you know, I do apart. you one better. If Kobe fights Dustin Poirier, he gets knocked the fuck out. <laughs> if he fights Michael Chandler, he gets knocked the fuck out. If he Absolutely. fights Justin Gaethje, he gets knocked the fuck out. And what do all three of those guys have in common? They're in the 155 division. Oof. Mm, 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 Kobe's mm. done. Kobe is not a good fighter. He's People not. People got to realize that. He's a good promoter. That's it. Exactly. Exactly. I told you, he wants to be Chael Sonnen so fucking bad. So and, bad. And Sonnen was so much better at even that part of the game. And Sonnen, yes. I was never a big fan of either. But at least Sonnen, when he tried to sell his fight, at least he was creative. He wasn't just saying shit to say shit. That man was a pro wrestling, like, mega fan. He wanted yes. to entertain the people and make a great fight out of it. He never went to the depths of shit that Kobe did to try to prop himself up like some American fucking hero and just make everybody go and go like, ill. Like, you don't represent the country. You don't represent anything about us. Like, you're a piece of shit trying to make yourself feel better about how much of a piece of shit you are. That's why I don't respect the man. So all this fight did was prove everything I've been saying with the guy. And I don't care if I'm sitting behind the microphone or behind a fucking computer screen. It doesn't matter. I can't stand the guy. Never could. And I'm glad he got his fucking lunch eaten in front of his whole fucking people. So y'all yes. can fuck off with that. I heard the Kobe chance too. That's his people. Y'all can fuck off too, man. I don't give a fuck. Yes. That man, he ain't shit. And y'all ain't shit for liking him. Sorry. Yes. That's just look in the mirror, man. Be better in 2024. And you know what? Before we move on to the next topic that we're going to talk about. Yes, sir. I just want to say shout out to Sean Strickland. Oh, okay. Because he put Kobe Covington in this fucking place. I was surprised by that. He came out of that press conference and said, you know what? Kobe Covington, everything that he said, fuck that guy. Yeah. Basically, that's what Sean Strickland said. That's not what Americans stand for. Okay. No. That's, who, that's what no. Sean Strickland said. Wow. And uh, can run his mouth too, but. If yes. Strickland is saying you're you're a piece of shit, you're probably you're a, piece a of shit, fucking bro. piece of shit. Because <laughs> Strickland says some wild ass shit. All right, absolutely. So and, uh, damn, even he's like, now nah, we're yeah. good, bro. Yeah, and uh, that made me a Sean Strickland fan because it showed me the human side of Sean Strickland. That's, he literally that's... he literally said along these lines, "I cannot wait for Leon Edwards to whoop this dude's ass." <laughs> That's a human being. That's all it needs to be. And we won't get to Sean Strickland jumping into a fucking fight in the crowd against DDP. That was hilarious, too. That was so, <laughs> that was so fucking funny. But we'll revisit that incident when we get to their fight, which will be coming up very soon. That's going to be fucking fun to talk about. But yeah, man, if Strickland says you're a piece of shit, you're a piece of shit. <laughs> you're a fucking piece of shit. Because Sean Strickland oh. views himself damn near as a piece of shit. Absolutely. But again, it's there's being a piece of shit to make some money and there's being a piece of shit as an actual piece of shit. So it's a yeah. little different. Strickland knows the difference. Just like yeah. Sonnen knew the difference. Yeah. Covington doesn't know the difference. That's just who he is. That's yeah. Oh my God, dude. So yeah, hopefully that's the end we see of that motherfucker. I, I'm sure I'm wrong because Dana still loves it for some fucking reason, but we'll see. I don't get it, but we'll see. You know, who makes him money? 
Before we get into our last topic, I have a quick holiday game because tis the season. And all this really is, sir, is just a few sports-themed holiday trivia. Let's get it. And all I'm going to do is say I have five trivia questions for you. If you get three of them right, I'll take a holiday shot. If you get three of them wrong, you take a shot. Mm. All right. (laughs) First question. Which country did eggnog come from? And no, these are not multiple choice. Fuck. Uh, let me just pour this one up real quick. Yep. <laughs> and I was like, and no fucking phone. <laughs> what country did eggnog come from? Ten seconds. Um, I'm just gonna take a guess and say, uh, America. That is wrong. <laughs> <laughs> eggnog actually came from England, which I did not know that. Mm. But mm. also makes a lot of sense because, of course, England makes them with some fucking eggs in a beverage. The yeah. Fuck is wrong with, what the fuck is wrong with y'all? I got yeah. through half of this fucking eggnog and it's so thick. I'm like, yeah, no, I think I'm not gonna finish that shit. God. <laughs> but that's that's on one, sir. That's on one. Now I'll get to the sports stuff. So I want to throw you off by telling you they're all sports related. Psych, that was one trick question. <laughs> <laughs> well, you tricked me. There you go. Uh question number two. What NBA player has played the most career Christmas Day games? LeBron James. Incorrect, sir. It is our boy, Kobe Bryant. Ah, Kobe. Kobe. R.I.P. Black Mamba. Yes, sir. R.I.P. The greatest of all time. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Please quote me. Please quote me. The greatest of all time. I will not argue that fact at all because it's Kobe B. Bryant. Thank you very much. Question number three Mm. for the shot. Yes. What NBA player has the most wins on Christmas Day? I will give you a hint for this one. The man is not an active player any longer. The most wins on Christmas Day. Correct. So Kobe had the most games. I'm sure he did not have the most wins. Because honestly, I remember him losing a lot of Christmas games. (laughs) I mean. Especially during the latter half of his his career. Right, right, right. Um, Most wins on Christmas Day. No longer an active player. Correct. Retired. Carmelo Anthony. That's a good guess, but you're wrong. Mm. It is Dwayne Wade. Hey, I was close. Same draft class. Yeah. Uh, That's why I was like, oh, I can't believe you got the draft class right, but not the right player. No. Because uh, <laughs> I remember, like, like my memories of NBA Christmas Day games were Carmelo Anthony going off with the New York Knicks. Yes. He beat, I, I believe, I, you correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe he, I witnessed him beat the Oklahoma City Thunder with Kevin Durant, James Harden, and Russell Westbrook. I remember him I think you're right. Them. Yes, I believe you're right. Um, I remember him getting a lot of good wins on Christmas Day, so got me there. Dwayne Wade, sir. Dwayne Wade, I'm guessing it was mostly with the Heat, but you know, that's, that's how it goes. I think, yeah, yeah, he was always on Christmas Day, it feels like. Was it Heat yeah. Celtics every single time? The Red and, and Green? Wade, Wade was always a winner, too. Absolutely. Yeah. We all know that. We all love Dwayne Wade. So, yes, sir. Yes. Well, wait. I'll give you the other two, but yes, you do take a shot for that one. Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, give me the other two. I'll give you the other two. What is the only college football bowl game regularly scheduled on Christmas Day? You know, I'll, I'll be straight up. I have no fucking idea. Take a guess. So, so you said what, what bowl game? What bowl game is regularly scheduled on Christmas Day? It's the only one. Shit, fuck, I don't know. I'll give you a hint. What's up? 
Melikimliki Maka. That helped. Thanks. <laughs> I mean, you already lost. What's a hint going to do? <laughs> yeah. Um, the Tostito Bowl. I don't know. <laughs> the Los <laughs> going to help you. No. <laughs> it's the Aloha Bowl. Melikimliki Maka. Of course it is. way. It was so Merry fucking Christmas. blatant. I just like, fucking didn't know. Of course it was. <laughs> a dead giveaway. <laughs> oh man, I'm glad you got that one wrong. It's hilarious. <laughs> okay, all right. Last question: What year was the first NFL Christmas Day game? Fuck, what year? What year? Sheesh. I'll give you another hint. It is before 1990. Yeah, I was gonna say I probably wasn't even born yet because all the, all these years I've been alive, I've never seen it in NFL. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> yes, before the nineties. Uh, wait, what was the exact question then? What year? When, right? What year was yep. the first NFL okay. Christmas Day game? Okay, I'm gonna fuck around and say 1985. Close, but not yet though. It was 1971. Mm. Not close at all. I didn't think it was going to be that fucking like early on, but yes. The fuck? And who's it? Fun, who's it between? I believe it was the Dolphins and the Chiefs. And I was going to say, fun fact, that was also the longest Christmas Day game ever played in the NFL. It was the very it went first one. overtime? Double overtime, excuse me. Yes. Dolphins oh. beat the Chiefs 27 24. It was a 1971 AFC divisional playoff game. That's why. Yep. Got it. Okay. It was a playoff game. It's cool. a playoff game. That's why. Okay. I was like, I was like, Makes yeah, sense. that's a good question. I wonder why it went so fucking long. But yeah, yeah, yes. yeah. That was not only the longest Christmas game, it was also at the time the longest game in the NFL, period. Got you. Got you. Yes, Makes sir. Sense. Yes, sir. <laughs> oh, and five on that one. Fucking love it. Enjoy your shot. I'll take my last one with you. You are so welcome. Merry fucking Christmas. <laughs> Merry Christmas. Yes. And happy holidays. No, never sleep on the NSYNC song. That's all my, also my top five, too. Like, yes. Woo! They had a fucking banger Christmas album, too, boy. Yes, they don't know about that. Mm-mm. Yeah, I'm not ready for the old Justin Timberlake. Yeah, I just want to talk about the new one. Mm-mm. Boo. Can't beat Frosted Tips Justin, bro. I, my my whole no. middle school career to that man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So, for the final subject of the night, I know this man wants to talk about his NBA team, the Detroit Pistons, because if you were with us when we first talked about the beginning of the season, our predictions for NBA playoffs, and who we think is going to be doing very fucking well, we both had Detroit Pistons doing admirably in the season and having a nice seating for the playoffs. Um, Yeah, so Ugh. far, the Detroit Pistons are on the brink of making history. And it's not the kind of history that Detroit fans ever want to be a part of ever again after some of their other teams had similar situations. The Pistons right now are sitting at 2-25, and 25, dead last in the NBA on a 24-game losing streak. So, sir, let the fans know what you're feeling this Christmas here about your Pistons. Obviously, it's never a good feeling when you're losing, right? When your team's losing. Not a good feeling. Almost historically losing. Yeah, uh, we lost like a million games in a row. Oh, and um, for some reason, I'm good with it. You're good with. I knew you were gonna say that. <laughs> and let me tell you why. We're a young team, mm-hmm. extremely young. Our best players are probably under 24 years of age. That's true. Um, Kay Cunningham had like a 40 something point game the other day. We lost yeah. to the Hawks. Mm. Um, 
And I say that to say we have a lot of good young talent, right? Absolutely. But at the moment, our team makes absolutely zero sense. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> oh, like, why is Killian Hayes starting over Jaden Ivy? Now Jaden Ivy is getting thrown around in trade conversations. Wow. Like wow. what the fuck? <laughs> God. Like this dude, this dude made first team all rookie last year, if I'm not mistaken. I believe right? so. This dude averaged like 16 or 17 last season. I'm not exactly sure. Didn't didn't check the stats, but That's it was fine. 16 or 17 his rookie season. Why he should be in the starting lineup. His game complements Cade Cunningham's game so well. What does Cade struggle with? Cade is not athletic. Let's just be real. Cade is a smooth athlete. But he's not like a Russell Westbrook or a John Morant or a Zach Levine. Somebody like that, right? Right. Jaden Ivey is. Mm. Jaden Ivey can push the ball. He can get into the paint and finish over bigs. Why the fuck is he not starting? (laughs) It's me, man. What the fuck has Killian Hayes done for us? Nothing. (laughs) We drafted him over Tyrese Halliburton. That one still stings. Oh, oh. This is Carmelo Anthony all over again. Yeah, it's looking like it. (laughs) And like I said, our team makes absolutely no sense. And what what kills me is that since all of these players are on on their rookie deals, we're going to have to pay some of these guys, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, And when mm -hmm. we pay some of these guys, we're going to lose some of these guys. That's Because we're not going to have the money. It's just... Basic mathematics. So, all right, Kate Cunningham is up at the end of the season. Of course we're going to pay him. Jalen Durham, when he's up next year, of course we're going to pay him. What are we going to do with Jaden Ivey? <laughs> are we just going to let him walk? We're going to let a tenant like that just walk out of Detroit. That would be kind of Pistons level. That's some bullshit. <laughs> like, yo, get rid of... Killian Hayes sent his ass to the bench. He ain't better than Marcus Sasser. Marcus Sasser was our second first-round pick mm. this season. That's right. And speaking of our first-round picks, why the fuck is a sore tossing on bench? <laughs> That's your guy. I'm shocked he's on the bench. Why the fuck is he coming it. off the bench for Bogdan Bogdanovich? Makes no well, sense. All he does is chuck up shots. I'm sorry. That dude is not good. All he does is chuck up shots, make an occasional <laughs> three-pointer, and all of a sudden, oh, my God, we need him. He leads the team in scoring. Fuck that shit. That dude can't defend. <laughs> that dude can't dribble. All that dude can do is catch passes from Kate Cunningham or Jaden Ivey and throw up a three-pointer that he's probably going to miss. Mm. So how about we trade him to the Lakers, right? They're open. Open for business. How about we trade him for, like, Cam Reddish? All right? Oh. Well, you should have in the first place. Yes. We said that in the offseason. I don't know how you didn't get Cam. We need we need, we need a him. wing, right? We need a wing. We have no wings. Mm-mm. We have no wings that can shoot the three and defend. They can do one or the other. Asar, at this point, can defend. But, hey, his potential is out the roof. This dude was averaging, like, 10 rebounds a game as yep. a guard. Exactly. Uh, on the bench. <laughs> on the bench. I don't but why that. the fuck is he on the bench? <laughs> why? 
Definitely directly at Detroit office right now. <laughs> like, yo, like, why? Like, he's not only our best defender, he's our best rebounder. Right. He's a guard. And he's our best rebounder. He leads our team in rebounds. That's insane. He's a, let me, I don't think y'all hear me. He's a guard. You know who else plays guard? Clay Thompson. Oof. Desmond Bain. Mm-hmm. Chris Middleton. Tell him. <laughs> These guys play guard. Asar's averaging like 10 rebounds a game. Playing guard. I could use that. <laughs> Fucking hell, man. And now, thank you for thank you for saying that. Because mm-hmm. now the mm-hmm. Chicago Bulls, who are trying to revamp their whole entire roster. Lord help me. And just rebuild. I can't believe this trade situation is getting thrown out there. They're yep. talking about trading Jaden Ivey and Asar Thompson for Zach Levine. Fucking do it. Please. Yes. Please I know your ass is saying, your ass is saying that shit. Please do that fucking trade. I, I know you lose my shit. I'd, your I'd ass fucking, is saying that shit. Butt naked. Butt naked. Done deal. Sound but in, D- in Detroit. What the fuck are you? Who's going to play defense? Nobody. Nobody. We're supposed to be the bad boys. We're a bunch of good guys now. Yeah, y'all some sweethearts. <laughs> fucking sweethearts. Some fucking lover boys. <laughs> fucking singing Neo and shit. Right. <laughs> like, what the fuck? Oh, oh my man. god. Maybe don't. Like, what the fuck? Hell no. When you're, when you're mad, nigga. Oh, fuck. <laughs> you're going to have a stroke. <laughs> when you're mad, nigga, go get a win. Like, what the fuck is going on? I don't know what's happening in Detroit, man. Like, but yo, almost, they're like packing it in already. It feels like where it's like, what? What's happened? It ain't over. <laughs> yes, but you know what? I trust what we have in place. I will say that I like Monty Williams. I do too. I I I appreciate what he's been saying. He's been putting the blame on himself, saying he needs to get these young guys ready. I appreciate sure. that. Sure, sure. But coach, please reconsider your lineups. Why the fuck is Killian Hayes in the game? Get that. Just, I don't understand it. I'm not a coach. Do- I'm not a GM, but I saw the same lineup and I go, "What are you thinking? What are you thinking?" He, I don't get the. I don't get the idea. If we should be getting rid of somebody, it's Killian Hayes, right? Marcus Sasser is better than him. Jaden Ivey's better than him. We all know Cade's better than him, right? Are you starting Hayes just to beef up his trade value? Because it ain't working. If you're two and twenty-five, no idea. Because you're two and twenty-five. Ain't nobody picking up that fucking chop. What you want to be? Uh, two and eighty. Right. Bulls are eleven and seventeen, so it's not like we're doing much better than y'all. But shit, at least the trade pieces are there. Y'all got more than two wins. Right. My God. And the and wins we, we do get are crazy. But and really I swear nothing. to God, if we trade Asar Thompson and Jaden Ivy, uh, and possibly Isaiah Stewart. Yep. 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 I was gonna say it's gonna be more than that. Or Zach Levine. Please let it happen. I would fucking love it. I'd love it. Please give up on your young players, those young thugs. I'm going to take this fucking hoodie off. (laughs) (laughs) I will buy more Bulls gear if that's the fucking case. Because talk about revamping the young core in Chicago. Yes. Oh. Jaden Ivey and Kobe White in the backcourt. Thank you. I was looking for two players who would fit in perfectly with our schemes. Perfectly. I'd love it. I'd and then Isaiah Stewart, it. who's ready to fight any fucking body. Yep, we need that. Let's yes. Go. That's you so Chicago. That's so Detroit, right? 
you have a deal. Done deal. Let's go. No, I'll take I, that chick. And, and then we didn't even talk about Asar Thompson. Nope. Ten <laughs> rebounds a game as a guard. As a guard. Verbal agreement. Verbal contract. We'll take it. Yeah, Thank fuck you. you. That's not going to happen. You have a deal. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody heard it? You have a deal. <laughs> it's going to be all right, man. It's going to be all right. But, boy, long story short, folks, it is a long fall to the bottom. And I did not see – I didn't see the Pistons going crazy this year, but I damn sure didn't see 2-25 and coming. So, no, no, the season's not over. It's still early on. They have a long way, and they can definitely wake their way back up. But they got to wake up in Detroit, y'all. Like, I don't know what it's going to take. Other than everything this man said, I know it's going to take. Make him GM. There you go. Problem solved. There we go. Problem solved. Killing Hayes, shipped. Championship Barbara squad Bagley, shipped. Goodbye. Um, uh, Boyan Bogdanovich, shipped. Peace out. Joe Harris, <laughs> goodbye. Never should have been on the team in the first place. There you go. See? You know what to do. You just need a GM with some balls, bro. Just come on, man. If it's 2-25, and 25, you got to shake this fucking tree, man. You don't just sit there and go, oh, no, what happened? Like, make a move before it's too late. Because trust me, these trades coming, we talk about fucking predictions and shit coming our way. Dude, you're going to blink, and all those pieces that you could have had on that team are going to be fucking gone. Yeah. And you wish you had Zach Levine at that point. Once Jaden Ivey turns into, like, Derrick Rose Jr. in Detroit. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah goodbye and good fucking luck. Exactly. <laughs> oh man so we're running out of time but real quick if you wanted to get into it we can talk about mr john morant just for a second because he has returned from his 25 game suspension after flashing a fucking gun on instagram like a fucking idiot but we talked about that at length months and months ago on the show so we gotta talk about his big fucking comeback against the fucking new orleans pelicans talk about that sir just for a quick minute how did that look especially <clears throat> at the end there Ooh. All right, so if you've been living under a rock again, there it is. Uh, John Morant had like uh, I believe it was twenty-seven second half points, mm-hmm. including the game-winning floater. <laughs> Watch that shit live, bro. Go ahead and YouTube that shit, y'all. Go ahead Please. and YouTube that shit right now. Uh, John Morant should have been taken number one in that draft. Absolutely. Zion Williamson, who plays for the Pelicans, got drafted number one. Mm. Uh, John Morant showed the world why he's one of the best, if not the best point guard in the game right now. The Mm. only player or players that are on his level are Stephen Curry at the moment and Shea Gilgis Alexander. That's the man. If you're in that conversation, yo, uh, (laughs) great company. Good luck for all the other teams that you're going to play. Because you're in great company. John Morant, like I said, had 27 second-half points. This is his first game since last season. Mm. John Morant has showed you guys, no matter what he's going through, he will be on the court and perform at the highest level day in and day out. That cat can ball, man. Yes, and I know you said you got them making the playoffs, right? Hmm. I said they're going to miss it just because the West is so tough. Absolutely. I'm kind of leaning towards you right now. Yeah. And John Morant is so good. He's that good. They might fuck around and make the playoffs. And don't get it twisted. The Grizzlies are, they are six and 19 in their first 25 games. So yeah, they got a long way to go, but Morant is the guy. 
who can absolutely still make some magic happen for this team. It is not over. It is not over, people. It's still fucking early. And with him back, I'm sorry. It completely changes the game for the Grizzlies. We talked about MVPs earlier. Morant is that kind of player in the NBA where, as you see without him, not great. With him, they're a Oof. fucking threat. They're a fucking threat. So yeah. watch out. Watch yeah. out. But yeah. I'm I'm gonna nerd out a little bit and be in my basketball nerd mode with my there we go. glasses. <laughs> John Morant had this like he, he had a few plays where he would he would drive into the paint and spin off of the double team and finish with the opposite hand, whichever whichever side he was on. That is so reminiscent of Chicago Derrick Rose. Oh I have not seen a point guard that dominant and skilled in the paint. Mm. Since Derrick Rose. Prime Derrick Rose was a menace. I'm talking about MVP Derrick Rose, where the whole entire Miami Heat roster had to guard this man. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Oh, I loved it. I loved it. When so you put much. a 6'9 LeBron James on a 6'2 Derrick Rose, that shows you Derrick Rose is a motherfucking problem. Absolutely. And that's exactly oh. the energy that I'm picking up from John Morant. Absolutely. And guess what? Derrick Rose is actually on the Grizzlies. What a great mentor to have in-house for him now. So, Beautiful. Um, message to all the point guards in the NBA right now. Look the fuck out for John Moran. Mm, he's coming, boys. He is coming. Pause. Pause. <laughs> Pause. I was like, ooh, that didn't taste good. <laughs> and y'all better look the fuck out. Because if this man gets into the playoffs, all bets, like, everything Woo! goes. Shake All bets are off. Shake it up, shake it up. Because this man, he can literally, he's not going to win it, but he no. can literally be in the MVP conversation. Absolutely. 100%. He had what? He had 34 and 8 in his first game back. <laughs> Didn't miss a fucking step. He just stayed in the gym the whole time. The he's whole ready to go. time. Like, he's no. ready to go. He's ready to go. And how old is he? Like 23? I was like, he's young as shit. He hasn't even hit his fucking potential yet. That's nuts. And he's already this good. One, he's, yeah. Like, generational fuck all, player. Fuck all that off the court shit. Yeah, no. Forget all that. Watch him on the court. He is a special, special talent. Absolute star. And it's everyone crazy. in the world has to admire him. I know. Because I do. We, have, we have never seen this type of talent since MVP Derrick Rose mm. at the point guard position mm. who can mm. facilitate, get into the paint at will. Finish with both hands, dribble with both hands. He's one of the few players you can run in isolation for, full court, and he'll get you a game-winning bucket. Because that's exactly <laughs> what he did last night. Just like that. Like he didn't miss a fucking step. No. Woo! I can't wait to see it. I can't wait to see the potential the Grizzlies will have with him back and how it shakes up the standings. And again, don't let that record fool you. That was just them keeping the seat warm for him. But daddy's home now. So... Daddy oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, boy. With that fucking song, I'll let him roll into his last words for Zoring fans. Um, I ain't got much to say, but I'm going to just recap what I said in the beginning. Uh, If you're having issues with women, listen to that song, 99 Problems by Jay-Z. Oh, classic. Classic. Um, And women, please, please. I know you guys like to talk shit about men, about how, oh, they don't do this and that and... Woo, woo, woo. But look, y'all don't get the signs. Mm. Please, when the roles are reversed, be humble. 
Yes. Accept your L the same way us gentlemen do and move yep. on. Because I actually just got a missed call from the exact person I've been uh texting. Ooh, so boy. So yeah, please get the signs. Um don't take it personally. Uh it's all love out here. <laughs> the saga continues. Yes. I hope there's more to that story because that's hilarious. But yeah, maybe just be a little more direct about it in this next conversation you have with her, if you would choose to have one, because who the fuck knows? <laughs> but for the rest of you, in case you want to find out what happens, maybe there is more to the story. So what are you going to do? You're going to come back and check out your boys, and you can check us out on YouTube, Facebook, and at Gmail. That's the Bank Bro Show, and we are at Bank Bro Show on Instagram. So make sure you check us out on all those fucking platforms. Hit us up. Again, a reminder, the one-year anniversary of the show is coming in just a few weeks, ladies and gentlemen. We got some big things cooking, so make sure you don't miss that to all your friends. Everybody needs to tune in. Another spicy episode. Can't wait for next week. Let's see if this man can get a second-round win in fantasy and make one step closer to that championship. And hopefully, by this time that you come back next week, I will once again be a champion. But if Ooh. not, I am going to definitely be drunk after going 0-2 in a football fucking fantasy playoff, and I just don't fucking do that. So <laughs> big prayers for your boy. Please, I need all the good juju I can get. I need this fucking championship in my life. God damn it. Until then, y'all, you know what time it is. Bank bros are in your city. We are always here for you. And as always, you can bank on it. Peace out till next week. One, two, three. Oh, oh, oh. Ha, ha.